0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Roundtable. I'm your host, Dion, joined with my regular co-host, Andrew and Phil. And today, we will be talking about the Feats of Fitness Part 2, Female Edition. But, like we usually kick it off now, because Phil brought it to our attention, so we're gonna, I like this. How's everyone's week
1: going so far? Who wants to start us off? My week's going pretty good. I, uh, I, even though it just happened today, uh, <laughs> you know, not like the whole week, but uh today I did my first bit of, uh. Uh, cooking it's like you know not like I never cook but like I took some time to make something that was like a little more effort and it was like fall slash winter themed because I feel like that's where my cooking thrives I'm, I'm much better at making like stews soups and chili than I am at making like anything that's summer themed I don't know what summer food is anyway but I made chili today and you can't eat chili on a hot day so it was cold out today so I made chili and it came out really good it was uh, very flavorful, but like exactly as spicy as I wanted it to be.
0: Oh, uh, What do you put in your chili?
1: Uh, so I did two pounds of ground beef, uh, one onion, one green pepper, two jalapenos, and one poblano. And then I did corn and red beans and uh a can of diced tomatoes. And then for spices, I did chili powder, cumin, uh and like one more thing that I can't remember, Jesus paprika.
2: Jane, that sounds. So yeah, good. That, sounds, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, it came out really well. Mm-hmm. I bet it did. Did you have like bread with it?
0: Like I always like eat corn. I I cornbread.
1: usually do it with the uh the like saltine crackers because okay. I like like scooping them and use them as the utensils.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is so dope. I dang, and now I want chili. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i don't know it's only like a nine hour drive to get to me but i got some leftovers (laughs) i'll just just hop in my
0: my car and just show up there there tomorrow morning for breakfast i'll just have some chili
1: and i'm gonna now i'm wanting like chili and eggs for breakfast tomorrow
0: you could even blend them together, right? Like, and just yeah. have, like, a whole different type of mix. <laughs>
1: like, it's
2: 2020. You can blend anything together now.
1: Yeah, uh, Do you guys yeah. ever see that? Uh, I don't know if it was YouTube or whatever, where the guy, he did Will It Blend? And he just put stuff in a blender.
2: Oh, I watched. I watched, like, dude, every episode, man. He blended <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Wait, this a thing that's like for those a who thing? don't know what Will it blend is, like it's not just like blending food, it's blending things you that blend? should not get blended yeah. like, like like an iPhone. TV, I guess, but like iPhones and like yeah. fans, hands, glass, all this kind of shit dude it was it was crazy stuff, it almost always blended. I don't know what it, it, he, you he the <laughs> one time and it blended completely fine <laughs> oh Wait, what are
0: you talking this is so insane to me,
2: Will it blend bro. That Jeez. shit's crazy. That's too much. I, I feel like they sponsorship by whatever blender that guy was using.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I think it was like blend tech. Blend tech blenders, maybe. I'm not I'm sure. I'm just
0: gonna get this blender because it seems like it's the <laughs> best blender ever created. It blends a brick.
1: Jeez. I feel <laughs> wow. like if you if you watched uh Will It Blend, you must have saw the uh you must have seen the hydraulic press channel. Of course. I've oh, seen yeah. that channel. I love I love it so
0: much. I think us as humans, we just like to see things get switched together. Like <laughs> it's just bizarre. yeah. i am not met one person who hasn't saw the hydraulic press channel and been like, nope, hated it. Like, like everyone's <laughs> like, I spent a hundred hours watching this. It's my it's most so
2: viewed satisfying.
1: channel.
2: It's always it's always between the hours of like midnight and three AM too, that you're watching yeah. this hydraulic press channel or this fucking channel that's like Willa Blend and you're like Oh yeah, dude, this is exactly what I would do with a blender or a hydraulic <laughs> press. Like I would I would press crayons. I would press this thing. <laughs> I
1: feel like I'm shirking my responsibilities as a blender owner now because I'm not blending weird shit, but like <laughs> I don't want glass and brick pieces getting into my smoothies after that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <that's all. laughs> Go to your doctor. What happened? Well, you see, I was blending this brick and then I decided the next day I wanted to have some vegetable juice and yep, we're here. Like <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> God. So, yeah, Andrew, how's things been going with you, man?
2: It's been going good. I was actually talking to Phil about this before we started recording. I uh, kind of found myself into a routine now that I have a meet planned, have my workout scheduled, my work, actual work scheduled, my clients all scheduled. So, have pretty much all like the timing stuff down. So, pretty much just trying to find myself in a routine. And it's been going good, man. Been finding myself really enjoying training for a meet again. It's almost like you know coming back. I don't know. Yeah, COVID kind of brought the sales out of everyone's. You (laughs) brought the wind out of everyone's sails. You know. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. and so I I feel with people, but you know, kind of coming back to some type of normality is really really fun. Yeah, for sure.
0: It's hard because it was the struggle this this season to just do anything.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it really was. Dude, you couldn't like you couldn't lift in gyms. You couldn't go to eat in a restaurant like. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so to be able to work and and lift again, it's it's great.
0: Andrew's like eighty percent of what I loved was taken away from food and the gym.
2: <laughs> food and the gym, dude. That's that's all I need, man. And my and my lady, and that's about it. After that, dude, you, that's he took just... everything from me.
1: <laughs> Honestly, if I get uh, a home gym someday in my fancy house whenever I move and I have a nice kitchen, I'll I'll sleep on the floor if i can have those
0: things (laughs) (laughs) i would too i would i would literally sleep on like oh like a towel just like lay a towel out on the floor just sleep there if i could have a home gym i would definitely trade for that
1: but you ever see uh those youtube channels where it's like the guy with the home gym but it looks like a like a twenty thousand dollar home gym
2: no do you guys follow yeah, uh, Brandon or was it called basement Brandon or Brandon is basement Brian Campbell or something? No. Yeah. Something like yeah. It. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And his gym, uh, wild wild home I gym. Yeah.
0: I got to look. Now you guys got me looking in the home gyms. Like I'm going to start. I saw like <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's home gym and his home gym was so awesome. <laughs> like it inspired me to have a really cool.
2: Honestly, since I've been, Back home from the military, I've always had a home gym because when I lived with my buddy, we had about a thousand pounds of free weight in my basement, and ah. so I used to use that for a couple of years, and then I got all my weight transferred to my girlfriend's mom's house so you yeah I've, al- I've always kind of had weight following me, but not like not like you know this luxurious you know basement gym. It's like you know I have to make do with a barbell and maybe a couple of dumbbells yeah not like, some of these people. what
0: not not like the rock where he he has to come into his gym and there has to be exactly three bottles filled with different liquids for his training, plus like a fully dressed hot dog with french fries like for- <laughs> yeah like the Are rock really? has, the rock has this weird regimen, like he has to go into his gym and in the gym has to have like two towels laid out for him with like the workout gear he's gonna wear laid there and something else like he just has so much money that someone has to wake up before him and do this so he has it it's it was like a nah
2: Man. i'm i'm sitting there i'm sitting there breathing asbestos while i'm trying to get bigger i'm not having people <laughs> yeah. give me anything at all i before have I- D S plates and uh you know a couple <laughs> of D S dumbbells and they uh they've done me just fine
1: before i moved i was uh i was back home and uh we we had like an old setup that had a bench and i could squat on it and i bought it had a, a good amount of plates i didn't have any dumbbells but i had a barbell but uh you know for the exchange of having a home gym that i could use during quarantine uh and like when everything was fully shut down uh like once a week there would be bees coming in so like <laughs> you know can't have it can't have it good all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dang. The bees want to get, want to get jacked too. They're trying to get their lift on.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was the winter just trying on. to get warm.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, other than that, life's been pretty good for me as well. You know, I've just been kicking it, hanging out, just working on streaming and videos and training got back. And like I said, I was in the soccer. So our team is going for our first place seed. Um, I hope we win. We were doing some reckless stuff the other day and I was not happy about it, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm out of shape still for soccer, like full on indoor soccer. But it gave me a reason to do something extra. And like I messaged a group the other day and I was, uh, told Phil I did his run slowly for X amount of time and I knocked out two miles for the first time in probably, I don't know, like, 2 years. <laughs> like it's been a long time since I ran 2 miles.
1: I was listening to a podcast late in the week about um about running from a bunch of uh like physical therapists who are also personal trainers mm-hmm. and they were talking about how the like emerging research is saying that people shouldn't measure their running volume by miles, they should measure it by time. And as okay. someone who's been running since like the mid 2000s, Uh, That's very weird for me like everything when I first got into running in high school was like you know today I ran this many miles and today I ran this many miles and today it was this warm-up and then this workout with this many miles But like what they were saying is you know because people are all different speeds uh, You know if I run uh, You know five miles and it takes me, you know, maybe I'm doing it fairly easy Ish and it takes me like 45 minutes and someone else who's quicker than I am does it in, like, 35 minutes. And someone who's slower than I am does not an hour. That five miles is a completely different workout to all three of us. So they were saying that, like, focusing on time is more important than, uh, than distance. And okay. I see their point, but it's also hard for me to get behind as someone who's been on distance and measured by distance for so long.
0: No, nah, I can see that being a thing for real. That's that's tough for me too because I've been in that camp for a
2: while. Yeah, for sure. I remember back when I was a kid, I used to try to increase my mileage by ten percent each week. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, if you have ten miles, you increase it by one mile. You know, which is not a lot, but you know, each week you increase by mileage. But you know, going by time, that's very interesting. I do remember on certain certain runs, you know, running maybe a uh, a mile long or not sorry not a mile long an hour long and doing that and whatever mileage I had that time didn't really matter but as long as I ran for a mile that was fine but I always kind of based my stuff off mileage too so I agree with you Phil it is kind of weird to think about just basing everything off time
1: yeah definitely and it's also uh they were talking a lot about like each person's intensity so like you know if you run you know that like relatively easy pace that you could like uh I posted about this at some point during the week uh, about like if you run that conversational pace you can go much longer but if you run really fast or even like a like hard medium sort of you know if that's like an abstract enough term uh then like you sh- you shouldn't run as many miles at faster intensities so like for people who are going to do like hard workouts they should measure time and intensity but, like, distance doesn't really matter that much unless you're trying to, like, mimic, like, a race or something like that. Like, you want to, like, do a certain practice run or something like that. But even then, you know, everything could be done by time. It would just, it would take me a lot of getting used to, for sure.
0: Let's talk about these female feats of strength, fitness. This this conversation got me down the rabbit hole, like, hardcore. I was, like, on YouTube watching crazy stuff. <laughs> There's, I had one coral, though. Like, I had one problem with with the the way the internet treats women is that every time I type like typed in, like, best female whatever, it would be, like, best female athlete and then I'd press search. And what would come up would be, like, top 10 hottest females or top 10 sexiest women in sports. And I was like, that's not, Jeez, not what I'm life. looking for. Yeah, it was weird. Like, YouTube was horrendous for this. Like, I was like, "That's not cool." But after I like had to type in like people's names and search world record holders and stuff, it like finally f- sent me to the right the right spot. But wow, some things that women were doing were like wild that I was like not prepared for. So like, I want to drop this. So there's this. I found. Um, have you guys ever heard of Gertrude? I can't say your last name. It's like E D E R L E Early or Ertle? Okay. So, this was one of the wildest facts ever. So, she was the sixth person to swim the English Channel in 1926. And she was the first woman to to swim the English Channel. And not only the first woman, she was the fastest person to swim the English Channel at 14 hours and 39 minutes. And that, she crazy. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. (laughs) Like... And this is the this was the biggest shocker. So not only was she the first female, the sixth person, and swam at the fastest as a female, she held that the title of swimming at the fastest from nineteen twenty-six to like nineteen fifty-one. So for twenty-five wow. years, she was the fastest person to swim it.
1: That's really <laughs> impressive. That's right? something that um I uh it's going to come up in some of the ones I'm going to talk about, like people who set records and then those records stay for a long time. It's so impressive. Like when you look at certain, uh, I mean, male or female, of course, but like when you look at certain feats of fitness and you're like that record stood for 25 years for, for anything, the longer a record can stand, the more I'm, I'm impressed by like how good they were yeah. for the time.
0: And that's like that's how I was impressed with that too because I was like looking I was looking these people up and I'm like wow like to do that that's difficult in itself and to be that good and the difficulty of that and how wild that it just seems to me as like a feat of just like like you know it's one of the only things I feel where too like in the genders of like male versus female too that a female like did something that was that best in men for a, such a long period of time. You know, like, do you think like Olympic runners or whatever, or like Olympic swimming, it's different, you know, there's like a a distance between, you know, men and women where it's like, men swim this much faster, and it's kind of always been like that. But for this, I was like, whoa, she held it down. <laughs> like, I was very impressed.
1: That's that's something that, um I don't know where I read this, but I uh, I read that, When it comes to swimming and to running, the longer an event is, the closer the gap becomes. Uh, And the fact that this record you're talking about is swimming the English Channel, which is like one of the longest swimming physical feats, makes sense. Uh, And when you compare records for um, like distance swimming and ultra distance running, uh, the women end up being really close to the men. Uh and there's a lot of theories behind why that happens uh in that like in a cultural sense and then also in like a physiological biological sense about how like the differences between us once you get into ultra endurance stuff like just go away. It's really interesting. Do you, Do you
2: guys just... mind if I interject real quick? Go Edit. for it. Uh, so you guys are talking about how You know, the longer the distance becomes, the more the gap closes. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the people and women I wanted to talk about was actually Courtney uh, Dahlwalter, which is an ultra runner.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, dude, she's absolutely incredible. Um, So she actually, in 2017, won the Moab 240, which is a 240-mile race. And she won it in two days, nine hours and 59 minutes. And she actually ended up beating the second place winner by more than 10 hours. Oh my God. So she, yeah, she absolutely dominated and like, there's actually been a lot of instances. I think one of the women, her name was Pam Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually for a long time in the early two thousands, better than a lot of the men ultra runners, because she just, ran so hard dude for so long and she was like uh, one of the races I remember and I I looked up to for a long time and still actually do is the uh, Badwater 135 Mm -hmm. which is in Death Valley it's a 135 mile race and she actually won that not only overall but she won that first place uh, between the men and the women twice Wow! Um, and so yeah she was absolutely incredible
0: (laughs) that stuff gets me hyped like like thinking of like the differences between like men and women and Taylor brought that up. My girlfriend, she, um, we were talking about basketball. Cause I was talking about Brittany Griner and Lisa Leslie and how they were pretty much Lisa Leslie was the first woman to dunk in basketball. And I'm like, isn't the basketball hoop a little bit shorter? Cause I know I thought the ball was smaller. She goes, no, they're both 10 feet. And I, I like looked at it and I was like, Oh wow. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, like, And to think that they were the first two, like I know women aren't usually as tall and Lisa Leslie's six, five and Brittany Griner six, eight. So they're one of the two like taller females. Mm -hmm. But once Lisa Leslie did it, like multiple women after that started to do it. So it was one of those, like you said, Phil, just like weird how once somebody kind of breaks that barrier, it gives, gives way to new people trying to do
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you guys actually see it? I'm not trying to, bring this on to a, a, a men's specific conversation, but there's actually an attempt at uh Thor's record, his 501 attempt or his 501 completion at the deadlift. Someone just attempted 502 and I can't name him right now because I can't remember, but he got about halfway to his knees and then dropped it. So people, uh, are, people are going for it. Uh,
1: it's like a callback to our last episode. So our our loyal listeners will know about it. Um, oh man, i Oh, yeah, I remember. It's Ivan Makarov. Uh, he was all talking about how he was going to challenge Eddie's record before Thor beat it, and he tried it in an official event, and he failed. Uh, and then he tried it again... Was it today, or was it, like, yesterday? Do you know? Yesterday. He. If you watch, like, gym footage from him, he's definitely a strong dude, but all of the footage that you see is of him doing like rack pulls and never like appreciably heavy full uh range of motion
2: deadlifts. So yeah. I don't know why he no one like that. no one cares about what you can do. If 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 you truly want to compete and you want to say you're a competitor, no one cares about what you do in a gym. If you want to be the average person who goes out there and lifts in the gym and you're like, "Hey, I deadlifted this, I deadlifted or I squatted this." hell yeah man good for you like that's awesome i love achieving goals but if you want to say you're a competitor and all you ever post is gym lifts then you don't have respect in my eyes and i'm not saying that because Damn. i'm some huge. <laughs> i'm not saying that because i'm some huge competitor i've you know i've been in two meets i'm nothing you know but at the same time i'm not out there saying i'm anything that i'm not i've never once made these false claims i've never once said this or that you know, like people who are out there just posting these gym lifts and go, I can do this. I can do that. It's like, no, you can't. You've never done it in a competition, which is why I, I kind of dissed Thor's 501 because it was in his gym. It was on a live stream. It's like, how much more comfortable can you get?
1: Yeah. I, I think that the, the thing with Makarov is that like when, when Thor posted gym footage before his record attempt, it was of him doing like a double or something at like, maybe it's 80% of what he ended up lifting or 90%. Or I think it was, it was like 470
2: or 485 or something. Yeah, it was like definitely
1: over a thousand pounds. I don't know what it was in kilos, but, uh, and uh, you know, if I see something like that, like it's not in a competition, it's still impressive, but every single piece of footage that uh Makarov, whatever post would be like, him doing rack pulls, but with like 530 kilograms. So he's doing these like partial range of motion overloads, but then when it came to the actual weight, both times he tried to lift 501 like two years ago, and then he tried to lift 502 this weekend. He would fail halfway because he's not used to actually lifting with full range of motion, or maybe if he does train with it, he doesn't post the videos, whatever. Uh, But like Guys, guys like that, like you know, he's real strong. But the thing about like quote unquote like the gym lift videos, uh, you know, and we will get back to the the women's feats of strength. But now that we're on this, uh,
2: I don't know if you've heard of Brad Castleberry, uh, but he Please posted... don't, don't even don't even get don't even get him on this fucking podcast. <laughs>
1: I just he like I know that so many of the things he've, he's done have been insanely stupid, but he posted a picture of himself with. Uh, what may or may not have
2: been real weight—I have no idea. 1158. But he, yeah,
1: <laughs> the so world oh
2: record. God. Can I please? Can I please put my two cents in this for about 15 for seconds? It. So he posts this video or no, this picture with with 1158, mm-hmm. and what he's doing is he's picking it up out of the rack because if you actually pay attention to the picture, it never leaves the rack. He's never actually. Did anything? He never moved it. He never did anything. I, uh, I mean,
1: every, everyone, everyone always knew it. that guy was a fake, but like that was just so dumb. So back to the female feats. Did did either of y'all want to put more uh, more details on the ones you were saying?
0: Oh, I just was alone with it. So there's that was pretty much all the details that you needed to know. Was that was, that was pretty insane?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I so uh either of those things like as as someone who does like the the sane person's version of those sports like you know i've ran marathons but running 10 times that much uh cool. what was it it's it's like 250 miles that that she won mm-hmm. uh and you know i've i was a swimmer and when we did like the the wild like you know super intense 3 hour workouts during the the christmas break uh it was like a, a 10,000 meter workout which is like 6 miles and the english channel is like 23 miles so the hardest things i've ever done like don't even pale in comparison volume wise to these women it's yeah. i can't even imagine even remotely doing what they've done
0: no it's 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 wild to think of like the things that people do like and i was looking at the the women's um, the women's 100 Mm-hmm. A record holder and she ran a 10-4 and it's like <laughs> wow. that's insanely fast yeah and like i feel i feel that a lot of times like in fitness in general just just by the way people are are brought up you know like in our culture is that like people don't think women are are as like strong or as fast as they are and there's like the the masculine part where it's like oh no women can ever beat me but then like you you put these people up and you're like well you can't run a 10-4 like i want to say like 90 percent of men maybe even more more than that maybe like 95 percent of men can't even touch a ten four. like and then yeah of-
2: <laughs> i would i would even say 95 to be He's, honest with yeah. you i would,
0: I would say, say it's probably, probably
2: 90 yeah absolutely dude honestly i, I think-, think i could go sub 12 Nah, dude i mean dude if i if I ran a hundred as fast as I could, I'd pull a fucking hamstring man <laughs> Honestly, i mean if if we're being like real realistic dude i I think that a lot of the records could be could have been broken if women were allowed to be sooner people you know allowed to be human, dude I think a lot of a lot of countries still treat women as subhuman if if we all had like equal rights dude. there would have been i guarantee there'd be a woman right now that would run a sub 10
1: i so uh i don't know how much detail we need to get into like cultural issues but i think that a lot of what holds back uh the major sports from having women actually achieve Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i don't i don't want to say like what they're capable of but it's like the image of a sport and Someone doing that sport is extremely important, you know that's why you see uh, the Caribbean sprinters doing as good as they are because and like East African distance runners. you know it's not just it's not like genetic that like people from Kenya are good at long distance running it's that it's cultural it's that it's promoted within the culture to run long distances, partially for a mode of travel and then partially because it's like you have the cultural heroes to look up to and the same thing with uh you know the caribbean islanders with sprinting and with women worldwide but like you know specifically to you know us as americans you know a woman on a track team is given so much less respect and and like reverence than uh men and like you know generally uh the u.s doesn't value track very much anyway but like if a woman if a if a guy says like you know you were uh talking to someone at like i don't know a big college like university of texas and it was a guy and he's like yeah i'm a i'm a sprinter on the track team you'd be like oh but if it was a woman and you know not any of us three or like any generally woke person but like mm-hmm. usually the woman would get like a cooler response someone would be like okay but like They don't, you know, when it comes to sports that aren't, I don't know. I don't even think that, like, people just don't respect women in sport nearly as much because they just don't think they'll take it seriously or something. And I think that if if people cared as much for women's performance as they did for men's, then we would end up seeing better performances because more more women would want to do it.
0: I wholeheartedly agree with that. I
1: was even thinking I forgot the tennis player's name,
0: but there was a a tennis player, um, not Serena Williams, because she's like the most popular tennis player. But my God, I wish I remembered her name. But sh- she was fighting for equal pay and equal prize support for tennis players for women. And some guy said that he could beat any of the women's players, pro players, and he was like 50, but he was like an ex-pro, and she beat him <laughs> like bad,
1: <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: and and she got like equal rates for women on on pay because it It was like a big televised thing yeah it was real dope (laughs) I'm like what
1: very good feats to bring up
0: oh go ahead you got it drop them
1: (laughs) right. Uh, so I had this whole list that I drew up earlier today I was doing laundry and I was sitting down like trying to uh, trying to like remember some things and then This one just popped into my head and I can't not use this one. Uh, So figure skater from the 90s, Saria Bonnelly, she's French. She's the first ever figure skater, men or women, to land a backflip in an international competition. She did it like three times total and she never won a gold medal at anything because figure skating is racist. But that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, uh, if you watch the video of her doing this, it's, it's so impressive. She's, she's moving backwards at such like a, a quick but controlled pace. And then she's on one foot. Then you see her reel into it, and she lands perfectly. And there's two videos of her doing it that I've seen. One of them, she lands like with, like, a, a slam because she, like, hits down with both feet. Mm-hmm. And in the other video, she lands on one foot, and then, like, the other one is just, like, trailing gracefully. Like, the the main thing that people do in uh, in figure skating is, like, you know, spins and, like, you know, moves where both feet or one foot stays on the ground. And people have tried, since she did this, to land it, and mm-hmm. failed. And she did it in, like, International competition, and yeah, I, succeeded,
0: I remember that, and then they i wasn't the the reason, so like you said, we'll save for another podcast, but wasn't the reason they said that she it she d- couldn't win the medals because it was an unsanctioned move, so it doesn't yeah count it, it was to like too
2: dangerous or something like that, right yeah, like yeah. it was like you you did something you weren't supposed to, so you you can't have the medal,
1: yeah <laughs> they um they so they would say things on like in other competitions because. You know, she did this uh, in one competition. And I listened to a podcast about this a few years ago, so now I know a little bit more detail than I would have normally. But there was, like, one competition where she did it, and they were like, oh, you can't do that. It's not a, you know, it's not a good move. It's not allowed. And in other competitions where she didn't do that move, she would still get, at best, I think, maybe silver. And they would describe her as too powerful and ungraceful. and It Like the language that they would use was very uh, like purposefully not saying the thing they probably mean. I mean, you know, it's uh, but I mean, unsanctioned moves are like a very interesting thing in sports like that. Uh, I have another example uh, that's very similar, but it's hard to it's hard to like describe this one. But there was a gymnast back in the 60s named Olga Corbett. And if you look up her uh, routine from back then, uh, it looks insane. It's the uneven bars that I'm thinking of. Um, And the reason that it looks so crazy is because like half of the moves that she used in it have been banned since then. Because if you look at them, they're dangerous as heck. Uh, There's one that she does where she stands on top of the bar to do a backflip off of it. uh, And... It's, I mean, she didn't, it was like back in the 60s. So, like, she didn't get points taken off. And I think she might have won the medal. And uh, it was, you know, she didn't lose anything from doing such unconventional moves. Uh, But the things that happened with Sariah Bonnelli were in the 90s. So maybe the times have something to do with it. And they were trying to have sport be safer, but maybe it was something else. Either way, both of those are examples of uh, women in sport doing something that's like, unheard of and just so impressive uh i i recommend anyone watching this and both y'all to uh to look up the videos of both of those women uh doing those routines it's it's just it's mind-blowing to watch someone do a backflip on ice skates
0: god man people like there's so many wild things that that happen in in sports history and just history of fitness alone and i'm I I love seeing that. Like that was a good one. Um, One of my favorite female feats was watching uh, Holly Holmes kick Ronda Rousey in the face. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like, yo, big shout out to Holly Holmes, my favorite UFC female fighter. But it's just the the level of technique. Because, like we said, I don't know if we talked about in the last one, but when when Ronda had like this unprecedented win streak, and then boom, someone came in and just took it. And then now, where UFC and like that's all going for female fighters is really awesome. You know, like having more weight classes, allowing more females to like train and be fighters. And, you know, it's not just strictly set to, you know, one style where you might not have a lot. Like, because in the Olympics, there's like jujitsu and judo. But then after that, there's like, like female boxing doesn't get a lot of promotion. You know, people don't promote like, female kickboxing you got to go to all these like random places to do it and now it's like streamlined so <laughs> i really enjoy that
2: dude it's honestly really cool because i'm a 200 like after your your weight loss challenge and yeah. my quote-unquote weight gain challenge i'm around like you know 225 230 yep. and watching girls around 150 just those girls being able to whoop my ass with absolutely <laughs> zero problem it's really really fun to watch you know
0: And it's just like the amount of training, like that's honestly one of the biggest things, like us being a fitness podcast, i look at their like training regimens and how they, they train and it's very high level, you know, strength stability and they have higher flexibility and it it shows in their training, like the stuff that they can do, like whereas some men have, you know, like higher levels of musculature and their flexibility is lower. It's a big thing in fighting to have decent flexibility. And women kind of are, At the forefront of having, you know, good training regimens where their flexibility is on point, they're doing high intensity, high volume stuff, high strength training. Like I feel like that's something that has taken a like a good step forward was women in strength training because before we we've talked about it on previous podcasts where it's still oh I don't want to look like a man, and then you see these like female athletes changing that that like. Stigma. it's like they don't look like men they're just really fit athletes who can punch a hole in your face like
1: <laughs> yeah and i I think the whole like look like a man look like a woman like the whole stuff with you know people should just look like people you know like yeah um, a man without a lot of muscle still looks like a man because he is one uh, uh two of the um things that i wrote down in my list were uh women and um in strength sports, but the thing I wanted to comment on that I really liked that you were saying was how the, uh, Ronda Rousey and Holly home and like the development of fighting in women for sport and how, uh, like moments when you can see sport changing and, uh, especially when it's like something that was for men or dominated by men becoming yeah. something that becomes more inclusive, uh, is really just, fantastic like i love when you know uh like a sport that is you know not you know maybe it's not always like the most popular sports but it's like something where it's like you know you don't even think like oh is there even competitions that women can do for that and then Mm -hmm. suddenly now there are uh i don't know a lot about women and strongman but i know that this year there's been a lot more competition and Promotion for uh, women strongmen competitors. I don't know, sh- should it be called strong
2: woman competitors? It actually is called strong woman. And Donna Moore has been absolutely demolishing like her, like everything, dude. Like she actually, here, hold on real quick. So she was the first woman to um, pick up 171 kilograms on the Atlas Stone. So she picked up pretty much a round ball that was made of concrete and picked it up over 48 inches. And 171 kilograms is 377 pounds. So oh she God. picked up a 377-pound concrete ball and picked it up over 48 inches. And she was actually also the first woman to ever pick up the uh, Denny Stones. Uh-huh.
0: And the wow. Denny Stones
2: are uh, – Phil, you know what they are? Yeah. I do not. Yeah. Uh, so basically they're um, these, like, concrete – slabs that are connected to these handles and both of them collectively weigh i think 733 pounds or maybe 13 pounds either way they're over 700 pounds and she was the first woman to ever pick them up that's nuts yeah she's an absolute savage dude she's a beast dude and she's like the most like docile like nicest person ever and she just does these massive feats of strength and she's really pushing the boundaries of what women can do. And I don't even so much what women can do, but I think she pushes the boundaries of what yeah, <laughs> what can be done, you know? The the conversation about like men and
1: women in sport can sometimes be too reduced down to like, oh yeah, but men can do this thing because they're bigger. But when you like take that that away and you're like, okay, but like what about the fact that this person is lifting this heavy thing and they're not that big? Like, you know, not that like, I, I don't know enough about what was it? Donna Moore. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know enough about her to say exactly how, how large as a person she is, but you know, she's probably not quite as large as like Brian Shaw, for example, who's like, you know, top uh, male strong man. Uh, and like you know, she she probably is a a large woman, but like if you compare her size to like you know men of that size, she's uh, less than 200 pounds. She's less than 200 pounds. Yes, I was thinking she would probably be in like the low 200s, but that's no, no, she's
2: not that big. Of a girl. Oh my goodness, no, she's she's not wow. that big. No, not at all. She, she uh, like th- like think about me like as a strong woman, right? Like being six one two thirty. She's probably five nine. Like she's not that big. No. Wow. See, that's the thing that um that amazes me
1: about like you don't see as often men setting records where it's as impressive about how big they are versus the weight they're lifting. Uh, but like, if she weighs under two hundred and she's lifted the the seven hundred pound Denny stones. I I very much doubt that there are many men under two hundred who could do that. Yeah, Mind-blowing, I'm, man! I'm I'm looking up her like
0: stats, and she's only five seven too. Wow! Like, so she's not even like a a very tall human. So it's just like just super. And then
2: oh man, that contextualizes what whatever seventy-seven kilos is. A hundred and forty, a hundred and forty,
0: hundred and fifty-four pounds, I think.
1: Seventy-seven?
2: 154 plus
1: 15. So uh, 170-ish. There you go. That's how much she weighs. So she's 170, but she's 5'7", and the stone lift that you said was 48 inches? That's four feet. That's like chest height that's like she lifted 370 up all the way all the way up to like neck height like that's yeah that's unbelievable i'm not gonna lie
0: not to give the the fans all the information about me but i am 5'7 and 175 and i'm not doing that ever like (laughs) like, like, (laughs) man I, i feel like i'm a strong human but not that strong like
1: that that's something about like all of these talking about all these feats that like, it just blows me away that like, when we talk about, uh, someone like we did a lot of talking about like really big, impressive people when we were talking about the men. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of the things that come up for the women is like, some of these people are our sizes yeah or much smaller. Uh, two of the peop- two of the women that I was going to reference in strength lifting, uh, are much smaller than I am and lift so much more. It's really humbling to be able to say like this person is like, like if I saw them in person, I would, I would be towering over them, Mm -hmm. but they're just so much stronger than I am.
0: Yeah. That stuff is insane. Like I was, when I was looking through these and I think that's what the thing about the women's feats are just so much more impressive than, than the men's. Like, I I was blown away, like you said, so much more because of their body types, like what they're doing, like in comparison to what what I'm doing, and you know, like as a man, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I even like think of someone like Serena Williams. Like she's five nine, one hundred and fifty five pounds, but she is a stellar tennis player, way better than men who are like you know, she has way more accolades than any guy. And she's so dominant, but it's like, you know, the next, the next tennis player is like six, four, like for a man, like six, four, like one eighty. But yet I, it's just how like we, we see these things and I'm like, man, like she's such a good athlete and her body type isn't like a freak athlete. She's not like LeBron James, you know, like even like with WNBA players, it's not like Oh, like we look at people like LeBron James or like Shaq, and we're like, oh yeah, like of course they're good, you know? But I feel like women just surprise you so much more because it's like, damn, like (laughs) they're amazing. So that's that's like that was I feel you on that statement too.
1: Yeah.
2: What's going on, guys? That was another episode of the Fitness Roundtable with Andrew, KMEBroadway.com, Phil, Yawstraining.com, and Dion, at KMEBroadwayFitness.com. The Roundtable is more of a discussion than anything. We hope you enjoyed. Leave a like and subscribe. Stay fit. Stay strong. Stay educated.